So it's come to this. Welcome back, everybody. It yes. has come to this. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And it's kind of weird thinking of it in terms of this episode maybe being the first episode somebody hears of us. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is very different kind of movie than I think what we most regularly talk about. Well, we, uh, I mean, we're fans of genre movies, mm-hmm. cult classics. So we've been doing yeah. a lot of those uh, horror, thriller, action, sci-fi. Yeah. That's the bulk uh, of our of, uh, content. None of those will be present in today's movie. No, this is the most serious movie we've done. Uh, this is kind of part of our uh, going to be an ongoing best of last decade series. Mm-hmm. This is That's kind of be the... If we break from our genre norms uh, for episodes, it's probably going to be that. Totally. For a while, some 2010 stuff. Yeah, we uh, kind of had that in mind when we did our Killer Joe episode. Right. Which... Is a total cult classic, but very different from the other kind of movies we've Different from what about. we usually talk about. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to cover a lot of ground, a lot of different ground with this best of last decade. Yeah. And so, yeah, we both recently watched Call Me By Your Name. And this was the second time I had seen it. And this is a movie that moved me deeply. When I saw it uh, a couple years ago. And it's just really stuck with me. More than most movies I've seen. I really love it. And uh, I think it's such a powerful movie. When you and I did... uh, Each of us kind of did a skeletal top 25 Mm -hmm. of the decade. Like kind of a, let's throw one together just to see. Kind of a loose one so we can just see where we had to... As a starting point. And this one was... Jeez, I can't imagine I had many movies over this one, uh, right? When I we exchanged lists, and I this think one this probably was, was in my top right three. at the top. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's maybe at the even top the for, top. It's at the top for a lot of people's lists. This is a very uh, highly acclaimed film. Yeah, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's very different from what we do usually. But I yeah. watched it and was intrigued by it, and uh, I'm here to talk about it. Yeah, this is uh this is just one that has so resonated with me uh now that we've established that we are regular movie talkers. Mm-hmm. Documented. It's like, <laughs> you know, uh, I I get the urge to just talk about movies that are important to each of us. Yeah, just, well, we uh, never the... wanted to define this podcast as a genre movie or yeah. a, a, you know, pigeonhole in any way cuz I like watching all kinds of movies and mm-hmm. and I was thinking about this in terms of this movie as well, you know, I like watching classic movies and foreign films, non-English language films. I like watching dramas, comedies, yes. love stories. This is a love story. This is a love story. And in the last decade, big how story. many love stories did we really get in the last decade? We got a lot of rom-coms. We got a lot of, you know, uh, things that are meant to be taken lightly. Romance which, is, uh, is a hard thing uh, to hit for yeah. me. But when it does hit, 
it, it really resonates on a pretty deep level with me. A well-done romance is really good. I love uh, the tenderness and the treatment of memory that they, they did in the Solaris remake mm. with George Clooney, mm-hmm. which was a very different movie than the original Tarkovsky's uh, Solaris. Uh, and the relationship or the relationship he thought he had with his wife in Solaris was very powerful, very uh, human, tender stuff. And so when that really hits, it hits with me. It lands with me. Mm-hmm. And this movie has landed with me bigger than most. Um, we saw it you know, two years ago when it came out for awards hype. I was going to say what... Yeah, what draw, drew you to it originally was... Literally just, well, I got nominated for some stuff. So I think I saw that and Lady Bird on the same day. Okay. It's a good day for... A good day at the <laughs> that's cinemas. That's a tearjerker yeah, of the day that's a right big there. One. Yeah, I like Lady Bird a lot, too. Um, yeah, this, I think, won Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. It, got, got a, it was a James Ivory screenplay. So, for Oscars, yeah. So, yeah, I knew the, the Ivory name was attached, and I'm a real... Um, we growing up, we had like only, you know, five uh, TV channels mm-hmm. uh, with our antenna and not cable. Out in the boonies where you were, yeah, exactly. And so one of the channels was PBS, and that came in almost guaranteed to be the clearest. Mm. Some nights you get fuzz on the other stations, depending on interesting, depending on the winds. <laughs> uh, my prairie TV days, <laughs> um, and so PBS is always the clearest. And so I saw a lot of, uh, you know, period piece dramas and masterpiece, masterpiece theater, theater stuff. stuff. Yeah. And the Merchant Ivory works mm. were very much PBS. You know, so that stuff was in my household a lot. And we're talking stuff like uh, basically 19th century romance. Yeah, movies. like Remains Victorian of the area, Day and that kind of a stuff. A Room with which, a View. A Room with a View, exactly. Um. Which are, you know, gorgeous movies. But they and, kind of have a reputation of, like, mom movies, I feel like, too. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know if it has that reputation because all of our moms of that era <laughs> loved them. Uh, so it's us that thinks of them that way. But That's how I always saw them. Like I get it. Because my mom, to the day, you know, to this day, still watches Masterpiece Theater yeah, and stuff. my folks, too. Um, and I, I, I don't really I revisit watch, that as uh, much. But, I do. That yeah. stuck with me. I like Westerns. You know, I, I'll go back in time for the Western. Oh. Yeah, but uh, this so that Merchant Ivory stuff was a big part of of my now privileged sounding childhood. Right, but you liked it. But uh, but so I was I was it, it yeah, wasn't like forced on you. You you watched it because you liked watching it. I liked watching TV. Yeah, and if that was <laughs> what was going to be on clearest, TV, yeah. <laughs> that was my option. That makes sense. Then you know we weren't allowed to just sit around and watch TV all day. So it's like, oh, this is bonus TV time? Eh, not my first choice, but it's TV time, and so I'm taking it. Right. And so, you know, I'd watch a lot of Masterpiece Theater and this kind of stuff. I do. I remember watching uh, A Room with a View on PBS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has frontal nudity in it. Hello. Which is which was shocking. Oh, well, it had all the, yeah. Yeah. Skinny dippers. Male, male frontal yeah. nudity, yeah. So that's some, some shocking Hello. stuff. And so that's kind of all I knew about this movie going in when I saw it two years ago was that I saw Ivory's name attached. Mm-hmm. A merchant passed away a few years ago. We lost him. And uh, so already it was like, oh, it's. I assumed it was like a period piece, a renaissance or early 1900s kind of movie. So I was very immediately surprised when it's like, oh, it's like 83 right. in Italy 
in the most gorgeous villa <laughs> in Italy. And the movie hooked me immediately because it had that same lush color of classic Merchant Ivory films in this hip, nostalgic, subtly done early 80s Italian countryside. Mm-hmm. And it's like those same elements of the looks of A Room with a View or those kind of movies placed into a more modern era. And I was hooked immediately. That hit, that tapped into something so specific uh, from my upbringing that I was already in love with this movie. I could see that, yeah. No, I, yeah, it's a gorgeous-looking movie. Yeah. The setting is amazing. And what I loved... Uh, especially in the early part of the movie, is just watching these people live their life yeah. and eat and read the paper and smoke and lay by the pool and everything was so <laughs> so well. <laughs> so it looked all so good, and yeah. I was like envious. Obviously, it was right? the, it's the most. I get so jealous. Yeah, of like, the oh, richness I... of this movie and, and and just the idea of them not having to do anything. Yeah, really. this is just their summer vacation. In the most gorgeous inherited house. <laughs> this yeah. is one of these, like, it's total, it's just like those, mer- you said mom movies about Merchant Ivory movies. This is like, in a way, mom porn. <laughs> like, it's an extension of that, you know? The woman just wearing, sure. like, her loose khaki shorts with a nice ship and shore blouse, picking apricots all day, and then having her chef cook That some. orchard. Like, that, that mom is just like, God, I want this. Mm-hmm. Every single I one of that. us could, dude. This movie I just spent coveting the whole time. Right. Feels so indulgent. So, yeah. Feels if, so opulent. Yeah. If nothing else, yeah, you just want to spend time with these people and yeah. watch them, like, just live out this fantasy of, yeah, relaxing. This European and... cinema has, you know, this trait that American films haven't tapped into as much that, uh, you know, there doesn't have to be a ton of plot in the same way that American films are plotted out. Right. You just kind of live among people and, uh, you know, stuff like Roma, mm-hmm. which half the women at work that watch all the Oscar movies, that was the one that it's like, well, I mean, nothing really happened. You know, it's like, are you kidding? You see like, uh, the powerful changes and the dynamics that changed in this family. Uh, but they aren't getting it. It's not grabbing them the same way. Well, because there's no action, like, there's no actionable plot. Sure. No one has to get from point A to point B. And, yeah, this movie is just a summer. Uh, this uh, American research assistant comes to this family to spend six weeks just, like, yeah. helping Doing out archaeology with some research, research, hanging out. Yeah, the movie is just people hanging out. Um, and it's so – you feel, without stuff being said, you're – it the way it – taps you into the family's uh, hierarchy, their relationships with each other, Mm -hmm. uh, their relationships, how he treats the house staff. You know, you just learn by watching. You're not getting told what's happening. You're just watching this all unfold wherever it goes. And it doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere big, and it's not necessarily. But it's so powerful the way it sucks you in and lets you live with it. And then forces you to deal with all the emotions it puts you through. And there's a couple others that I think were, you know, Criterion releases. Mm -hmm. Not like underground, underground cinema, but, you know, indie art cinema. There's a movie called Summer Hours 
from last decade, 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. And the whole movie is a family uh, uh, moving into a a nursing kind of facility and leaving their kind of country mansion. Mm. And so they're packing up boxes of their antiques. And uh, one of their granddaughters throws a party there in the last weekend there at the house. Like nothing happens in the movie. Right. But it's just such a like snapshot of this semi-interesting family's life that, I don't know, it has a way of drawing me in. I can be a real sucker for that. Well, and, and this movie had that in spades. It had that way of uh, it, the movie that just came to mind as you were saying that was something like Five Easy Pieces. Oh, sure. Where it's just you know a, even that one has more of a plot as far as a guy has to go see his you know dying father or whatever. But yeah, nothing much happens. It's it's the character study, and, and you're watching yeah. these very interesting it's like characters straight story. just live out uh, you know pretty and a lot of it's mundane stuff. Yeah. Just eating breakfast. Just going they swim for <laughs> there's a lot of swimming in this movie. But I love the look and the <laughs> like s- lakes and and ponds and stuff. It makes it such a pleasant community and life to be living. You know, this is the movie. Let me tell you. It's very idyllic. If, if you've noticed an uptick in the amount of short shorts that I wear. <laughs> I don't know if you, you've uh, been forced to deal with that the yeah. last few years. It was this movie. It was this movie that gave me my short shorts boldness. Well, it is the 80s, man. Yeah. And uh, if you know anything about the 80s, if you ever look at old photos, like for real, short shorts. It's all white shirts. For the fellas. And like short shorts. Yeah. Like short corduroy ocean Pacific shorts. And quite often, uh, the the main character in this, Timothy Chalamet, he plays Elio. 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 He's wearing nothing but the short, short trunks. Yeah. He is. Uh, it must be hot in Italy. Yeah. Humid. Because uh, he's basically wearing nothing running around. Yeah. And it's great. It made, it's like, man, why am I not doing that? I'm not that? saying that as a complaint. No. No. I, I, it made me. It's like, I'm doing this, guys. I'm yeah. going to look like a 10-year-old Argentinian kid in the summer kicking a soccer ball around, but it's uh, gonna be boom. Maybe what maybe tank what, tops and short shorts. What that did for me though, also with this movie, though, is it made everything so carefree. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, Again, it was great. Especially I lo- in the beginning. I'm a big fan of of coming of age films in general. When I look back every decade of movie, there's always a few right in the top twenty five mm-hmm. of my list. Last uh, in this past decade, uh, the way way back. It was Sam Rockwell and uh, Steve Carell. Hmm. Uh, that one hit me. Well, uh, and last movie we brought up Adventureland. Adventureland, sure. Great coming-of-age movie. Yeah, I love that one, too. That was that really great uh, post-college mm-hmm. aimlessness that's not really captured well on film. Right. I think they really captured it great. Uh, I love Adventureland. And so this hit that same vein in a deeper romantic way for me and like you said a very european way it does feel like those european movies like uh even going back to you know 400 blows or something like that where it's Mm -hmm. the 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 new wave there was definitely kind of this new wave aspect of oh sure the filming oh it very much felt like a, a new wave era you know it's it felt like it was one camera kind of following it felt very simple yeah in the way it was being presented. The way it presented these shots, just shots of people biking through the countryside, right. going for coffee in these small brick villages right. and stone villages, like 
just everything that looked, the scouting and everything was incredible in this movie. It was the most like, God, I want to <laughs> I want to live there. Mm-hmm. I want to be in that. This life was so jealousy-inducing. It's almost enraging. Mm-hmm. I just want to, <laughs> dude, I would eat so many apricots and peaches all oh. day. I would have eaten four apricots and then drank all that apricot juice yeah. that Helda brought out. Honestly, if anything, the the most unrealistic thing in this movie is how skinny Timothy Chalamet <laughs> is. He seemed like he was eating well. Dude, a lot of fiber in those apricots, <laughs> man. So. A lot of sugar, though, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be a little hummingbird. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> a lot of swimming, though. That's, a lot of swimming. The swimming that's keeps the, you lean. That's the trick. A lot of swimming, <laughs> a lot of dancing, a lot of biking. Biking? I would learn to ride a bike to live in. <laughs> to live there i would take that plunge yeah and so yeah it's just this kind of a warm family drama at first you know you really just get a feel for the family's dynamic uh michael stuhlbarg is his father brilliant he's great his role in this movie is so important i when i saw this it was uh right when nominations were coming out. So it, the Oscars were not announced yet. And it was like, oh man, this guy is a lock for best supporting actor. He is so important and so great. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I know. Well, he's so, not a nomination. Honestly, his his performance is so natural mm-hmm. and unforced. And it is it is one of those where it probably just got overlooked because he's not doing anything big. Sure. He's just, but he's... It, felt so real it's so that is so i've seen it twice now in a theater Mm. and that scene is when you suddenly hear like you know when i say that scene i know which one you're talking about (laughs) that's how good that scene is yeah you just that is i mean this is a movie with a lot of scenes Uh (laughs) but that we're seeing yeah Yeah. that scene Mm -hmm. is so huge and that is when you can hear suddenly different points of the room crying, <laughs> where you realize how heavy this is laying on mm. everybody and how relatable this is and how beautiful it is. It is such an amazing scene. I heard that it, they filmed it four or five different ways with mm. different tones and different verbiage. And this was the one they decided was the best. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, and it's all kind of the culmination of this movie-length romance that builds in such a innocent uh, and curious way. It's really a sweet story. It really hit me on just a human level. And well, uh, it's a story of uh, obviously it's it's a it's a gay romance. Yeah, that is happening. But it's, which if that it's was a relatable a- story as far as first love and awkwardness. Trying to figure out what is going on with the emotions that you're feeling. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of... A lot of confusion. A lot of confusion. A lot of body confusion. It's it's very much a, a, a European-style coming-of-age movie. Yeah. With a lot of American-style coming-of-age moments. Mm-hmm. I liked the fusion of it. I liked the adaptation a lot. Um, But, yeah, you... you <laughs> You get this kind of clumsiness and this awkwardness and these growing pains while you also get the the cool parts <laughs> of being a 17-year-old. You know, the, the freedoms that you're starting to get that you can't fully cash in on yet. Yeah. You know, that, that era, 17 is kind of a cool, cool era. It's a real uh, well, pivotal and, and time. 
uh, Elio has the advantage of having cool parents that never intrude on him. They oh, never no. ask him where he's going or what he's, you know, his. They got a the, working he's, relationship. I think if you're. They got a good thing going. When you're coveting things in this movie, when you're coveting the lifestyle, you're also coveting the fact that this kid is able to just go out and do whatever he wants all day. Yeah. He's just and trusted nobody, in Italy. Nobody checks in on him. He can speak Italian. And if he pulls up to someone and asks for a glass of water, they'll give it to him. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, there's. There's just nothing stopping him from just <laughs> being as lazy as he wants to be or whatever, yeah. you know. This movie is such a... I love summer movies. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I love... I have fond memories of summers and those moments of getting to... Of being depended on for nothing, mm. <laughs> basically. You know, those few precious years that you get that, where you have no responsibilities, you're not yet old enough to have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not quite hireable age, so you have chores, but you can also dick around right. for like much of the day and nobody asks any questions for this six week period of the year. And that's what this kid's living. And so it just has this immediate like, oh man, that's just playing a link to the past all every day, <laughs> all day for a month of summer vacation. Right. Like, yeah, that's what this dude's doing. Only he's doing it in 1983. Italy. So he's reading books, and but he, he plays piano and guitar. And, yeah, and he's, he's very talented. He's able to uh, write music, and yeah. so he's obviously a very smart, bright kid. And um, yeah, he ends up falling in love with this a little bit older. I think he's, I think he's significantly older. I, I always viewed it as like like a uh, you know twenty seven or twenty. Well, I read at least in the novel, it's uh, the younger character is seventeen, which he is in this movie, and then mm-hmm. the older character is twenty four. Okay, but. It's I got Army older. Hammer. Yeah, I got an who's older. Who's like thirty and also six <laughs> five, and yeah. honestly, uh, I was the, for some reason I just kept looking at him, thinking of him as like John Ham or like an older, like older, older guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he has such he he's a character with such confidence, sure, bravado, and and he's also cut like an Adonis. <laughs> We're seeing some dude bods. In he this. is we get a lot of bods. He's a this he's a handsome man. This movie's hot, <laughs> like well, know. it's sensual. They they do this whole thing with the statues, right? And they talk about the sensuality, and it's like they're daring you to to find them attractive. And yeah, yeah. this movie is like like you're this not movie's... into fellas, are you sure? Yeah. Because uh, have you seen <laughs> Army Hammer? Is, <laughs> this movie is hot, and this is one of those things where it was so beautiful because I really had this moment. This is gonna sound really cheesy but it's it's very true the first time i saw it where the the movie started and there was a couple girls a couple seats down from us they were probably in their early 20s and the more uh the guys kind of started falling for each other and flirting they were kind of giggly the girls you know watching these cute guys be be cute with each other yeah and by the end they are like in tears they are like so shook <laughs> and like gutted by this story you know they got so into it and and i really got got into it too to a degree that uh at a certain point i was just so happy seeing how nice and tender humans could be mm. to each other it captured love on such a basic scale you know his relationship with marzia in town uh, his parents' relationship, his budding 
relationship with his friend Oliver. Mm-hmm. And it captures these human relationships so plainly and, I don't know, so beautifully that it just hooked me. It like got it got in real deep. It's very intimate. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a scene I'm thinking of where the mother is reading poetry or, or a, a, an old poem, and he's laying on his dad's lap, and everything's just so very intimate. Yeah, it's very and open no, and warm. It, it, you know, yeah. It, I'm not sure if at 17 I'd be laying on my dad's lap. Listening well, that's why. It, that's why to I love it. Does poetry? You know, it's such a. Uh, it's such an foreign seeming existence yeah it was but you're kind of hard to relate to a lot of it (laughs) i gotta tell you but i love that you're just learning about this family just kind of by watching them yeah just seeing their body language and how calm comfortable they are around each other right you get kind of a sense of wow that's a really nice sounding uh (laughs) imagine being this comfortable with your parents Mm -hmm. that's crazy (laughs) and uh but it's so warm and inviting in this movie and it helps it helped me just place kind of where he was at uh, within his own kind of upper upper class privileged existence. Mm-hmm. And just, I love the way their lifestyles are presented. I love the trajectory of him and uh, his relationship with Marzia. Mm-hmm. While I liked he her had, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she's really great. And I've read that uh, if this becomes a thing, this movie might become like a before sunrise, before sunset. Oh. Before midnight like they, scenario. Okay. Like, this, like they actually like, want to make sequels? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the, all the actors are on board as gotcha. agreeing to come back and do follow-ups to the story. Okay. Which I didn't even think of when watching it for the first time. But uh, in the books... Yeah, I'm, not sure if that, I'm not sure if it needs it. But I, I have more confidence in this than mm. any other kind of, of movie. I love the before series. Mm-hmm. And if I can have the opportunity at uh, a different before series, I want all of that I can get. Bring it on. I'd love to see what happens with uh, with Oliver's new relationship at the end and whether uh, uh, Alio explores a relationship again with Marzia. Mm. You know, these are all possibilities. And the movie just... Uh, the movie just got to me so deep that I loved... I loved watching them, and I loved watching these people be with each other. I wasn't even thinking at any point that, like, oh, man, this is two guys, which I imagine is going to be a roadblock yeah, yeah. for some people. That, that's fine. That is, ugh. Anyway, you know, I, I knew people that refused to see Brokeback Mountain when that came out. At right. least things seem like they've progressed since then. Mm-hmm. This movie did very well at the box office, so did Brokeback. Very acclaimed, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I think it's on a lot of people's top ten of the decade. Yeah, list. The, the but, way um, this relationship unfolds is so sweet and so uh, you know relatable in a way. We've all had crushes, and we've all not known how to act on crushes, and it kind of puts you there. Even people that are very cool might not know how to act with crushes. Mm-hmm. And I like the way their romance uh, bloomed and how inexperienced (laughs) they kind of both were and how this i just loved how it was all presented right it didn't seem like it was milking any uh moments that weren't earned it was a very nice honest portrayal it did it did also i mean it kind of makes you think of what you were like at that age Mm -hmm. and how hard even you know middle school crushes hit you 
Oh when yeah, you liked a girl. Yeah, when and, it was like all you could think of. And you know, so just how intense and deep it was. Mm-hmm. Like that's totally what it's like when you're totally inexperienced. Yeah, and you and just also throw you... yourself just full force into this, you know, thing well, that's happening. And also, as we've established, you got time on your hands to have an obsession. Mm-hmm. You have no obligations to do anything every day. You got the time to think about your new crush. Right. Like, and that's what being a teen is like. You kind of you don't, you aren't expected to do anything. You have way more time on your hands because you aren't allowed to do anything. Yeah. But, but it's also just like, everything is so heightened when you're like, oh, I yeah. remember being 14 and like, I, you know, the first girl that it was ever, maybe my girlfriend, it's like, everything was like so intense. <laughs> yeah. And then we broke up like a week later, yeah. you know, but like when right? you're feeling it, you're like, you know, it's like she would say something mean and be like, you're tearing me apart, <laughs> you know? It's the biggest deal. It's crazy. It is and the you look biggest back on it and deal. you're like, God, uh, oh, yeah. geez. Oh, I know, man. You know? It is the biggest so, deal at the time. It's the best. The the whole thing where he's like trying to figure out the note to write where it's like, the silence is killing me. I, yeah. I can't stand to be, and it's like, that that was pretty relatable. <laughs> right? That cuts, man. That cuts deep. Yeah. That, I've been there. Exactly. We've all been there. Right? I've been the right <laughs> notes thing. and and But just, yeah, oh. everything is so overly dramatic. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't, like in this case, it felt very real watching it unfold, you know? It didn't feel like this was two actors or this wasn't an no, overly these, dramatic, um, you know, melodrama. This, it felt Everybody very related natural. to each other so naturally yeah. and so uh, tightly. It had that feel, you know... It had that feel of the movie that you of a movie that uses non actors, mm-hmm. and I got the sense a couple of people like there's a chance that the that uh, the maid I was gonna say was, I could see the two housekeepers being non actors right, and uh, that's a nice little trick to make it feel more uh, in its own setting right, and I think the movie did that great and just the way people related to each other and. The, prog- the scenes that they chose to progress each of the relationships, like that moment where Marzia bikes up to his house and he's kind of ducking out the side and has mm-hmm. been avoiding her. And, you know, she doesn't really have a lot of lines. And the way she plays that scene is so great. And they capture this young love so great. Mm-hmm. And bo- both audiences I've seen it with were, they were, you could tell people were hooked similarly because they were reacting gradually to each story i don't know it's just such a warmly pre- presented and honest love story mm-hmm. it doesn't go for any cheap grabs or irrational actions it's it's really honestly presented it's it doesn't undersell any of its characters it and it doesn't put him in a melodramatic spot and that's rare that's yeah, I kept uh, expecting. I I kind of mentioned it earlier. I kept expecting the parents to walk in on something, or I kept expecting some shameful thing to happen, or something. You know, they had this mm-hmm. thing going on with Army Hammer where he had this infected scrape on his <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah. I kept expecting that to be like a thing that all of a sudden he was going to get sick and like be in a yeah. hospital and then, you know. You kept expecting some I kept sort of expecting plot some to tragedy interject. to happen. Yeah. Like a car hits him, you know, like I kept expecting a thing. 
yeah, well, a that's dramatic the, shift or, or something. That's what makes this movie stand out. It's so brilliant to me is there's what no. Was that? Uh, what was up with the scrape though? Well, you know, it's, I'm not sure if you're the, seeing just a snapshot a detail, of something that happened during this yeah. few week period. That but, was strange. You know, I love a movie where there doesn't have to be an antagonist, mm-hmm. and there doesn't have to be a plot twist where some something bad happens that throws their decision making off. Right. They're no, their life's going as it's going. You know, no antagonist is great. It's it's so refreshing that you don't have to think, but your brain's thinking of a moment where it's like, oh, they're gonna gonna be some property issues over this villa that they inherited. <laughs> sure of that. Yeah. You know, but we don't have to suffer through any of that. We can just live with this, you know, wonderful summer of 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved the psychedelic furs outdoor club scene yes i like that song i think that is a beautiful song to use for that scene i love army hammers dancing in the scene oh, it yeah. has the perfect mix of not a good dancer with like does not care if he is a good or bad dancer i, I read that he was much more nervous about the dancing scenes than the love scenes. <laughs> Can we just throw in some more uh, they're probably dude like, on dude they're love probably scenes? Like, Army, you're looking too good. You need to kind of be goofy. You need yeah. to be like a silly guy. He had a guy. lot of like he's, really good oh, a total, uh, yeah. hands above he's, head fists. He's a champ out there, yeah. Really good. Well, and then the scene where they hear the song later, it's like this kind of weird like uh, Fellini-esque kind Very of scene. Much. Oh, yeah. He kind of just runs up to this couple who's listening to that song in a car and starts dancing and then takes the woman over and she it it was you just know that, and that was like I was like I, now I'm in a Fellini movie what, you know? what I love about that scene is it feels like Fellini uh through David Lynch something right. about an uh it was very strange something about a weird issue car with all the doors open headlights on in the middle of night on the street listening to the radio yeah. with people smoking next to it feels just very david lynch in fellini and just how like the guy smoking like doesn't really react at all to the fact that this giant american has now come up to him that's, and has started dancing you know that's the lynch he, thing that he i takes got it in stride, is everybody's yeah. reactions are slightly different than you'd expect a reaction to do right and it's just that well, like scene. nobody gets ruffled like nobody gets like hey oh whoa what's going on here everyone just goes with the flow in this movie in mm-hmm. such a strange it's way part of the jealous tone yeah <laughs> the movie no and conflict so <laughs> i like that we get this this loving and painful romance played out to the length that it's supposed to go out mm-hmm. nothing cheaply cuts it short we knew how it was going to get cut short the movie doesn't fall into those traps of changing something or right a big final scene it ends we, and... we know he's got a you know his six weeks in Italy, uh, Army Hammer's six weeks have to come to an end. Yeah, he's got to yeah. go on with his, his life, his career. And yeah, they even get kind of a weekend together that his parents are totally in on. That yeah. Elio's parents are like, you guys should go travel. Like, Well, there's illusions the whole movie. And thankfully, we don't dwell on them. I like the, the way they're treated of, you know, the element of sneaking around with that element of like, well, basically, Elio can do anything. Mm. Like, this is a kid can go into some secret dusty sex bunker for three days, and everybody's yeah. like, oh, hey, Elio's back for dinner. Totally. This kid's got freedom. Yeah, that scene where, yeah, that scene where, he, and I, by the way, I knew he was going to fuck that apricot. <laughs> I knew it. 
As soon as you that, scene, it, as soon right as that scene started, it. I was like, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> and that scene almost like a... That was a roadblock. That was a little bit of a roadblock. That was a roadblock. <laughs> no, but yeah, I've the se- fact that yeah, the fact I've that seen he that movie back. both times with so many elderly people because <laughs> they all see the like awards nominated movies, you yeah. know. Uh, I don't know. I think people were into it. I think it gets a pretty warm reaction. No, I don't know. I think people are just one of those like, <laughs> okay, hey, right. you know, these old people are like they're seeing it, they're in it. You get, I get that. Well, I saw it this last time with a bunch of like college age students mm. as part of a screening, and uh, I think yeah, people get that's a line, that's a line in the sand that "Call Me by Your Name" is drawing. Well, it's one of those where we're really watching someone at their most secret, not secretive. It's like when you're that's a alone. Private, that's a private moment. Private, yeah. yeah. When you're when you're alone and you've been alone for three days and yeah. You're just doing things that you would never tell anyone, and he's, you know, he's a, and the the kind of payoff of that scene is that Army Hammer comes in and finds out what's happened. Army Hammer comes and, and, in is immediately like you were at the beginning of the scene, where Army Hammer's like, "Oh man, this peach got fucked." Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, "Oh, I, <laughs> I know I see what's exactly what here. happened here." Right, but then he's he gets embarrassed, and yeah, Army Hammer doesn't, you know, he he goes, "Okay." probably lay off the peach uh, bit yeah you know? i uh, love how we so, get a lot of typical um coming of age romance tropes mm-hmm. but filmed in like a classier different way we even got a guy who finishes super early first time he gets the hot girl scene and it was handled in like this sweet yeah you know cute experienced kind of way it like, reminded me of seeing Timothy Chalamet do the same thing in Lady Bird. Yeah, yeah. Timothy Chalamet had a year of just premature ejaculation. So I saw That's this great. movie originally the same day as I saw Lady Bird. That right. was the double oh, feature yeah. I oh, did. You got a double. Tim. I had never seen Timothy Chalamet before. Right. And within totally. three and a half hours, Timothy <laughs> Chalamet is the dude. You've seen him ejaculate like seven I've times. I've seen this dude's little butt all damn day finishing early in the cute girls. It was like, who is this guy? Everybody is into this dude. and an actor. I had never heard of Timothy Chalamet. And then suddenly so within funny. three hours, everybody is fucking Timothy Chalamet <laughs> for seconds at a time. <laughs> I became very familiar with Timothy Chalamet oh, that February funny. two years ago. He had, yeah, he had a good run. But the the love scenes are just handled so sweetly here. Right. This is such a non exploitative movie. This is like, this is humans that just looking good. And uh, I don't know. It was such a visually satisfying movie. Yeah. Uh, in every way, and it all built up to their relationship ending quietly and uh sadly Go, going to the only course it could go yeah you know and that's when we get that the scene of the movie is what we brought up earlier is michael stuhlbarg timothy chalamet's father and him just talking together on the couch mm-hmm. basically the day after oliver is gone and the conversation kind of just keeps going you kind of keep expecting it to end as 
a couple of sentence uh you sure you sure you're okay mm-hmm. all, all right well let me know like the father keeps volunteering information right and keeps connecting on a level with his son that they probably have never expressly connected before but they clearly have a, a comfortable relationship mm-hmm. but even for them this feels like a new layer and she's just the thought of having this kind of conversation with either of my parents is the most foreign concept possible to me <laughs> uh, yep and so and yet it's hitting so strong because their relationship is so believable their relationship feels very believable even if it is very foreign to my own personal relationship. And the deeper he gets and the more loving this father is being to his son, oh, it gets me. It hits me so hard. Oh, yeah. I think that was the moment for me, too, that, that scene and him just acknowledging, you know, what it is is, is it's uh, his father acknowledging how special the relationship was yeah. for, for Ilio. Yeah. I keep saying his name wrong, I think, but... But just that that acceptance, yeah. and 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 the way he, and then really the message of the movie is you know don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened you know yeah. enjoy that you had this experience which is a good message that in it's a, general it's a great yeah it, it's we should a, treasure these solid, kind of like, of memories yeah that's a solid message to to impart that not everyone gets to have that special thing that you experienced and uh, don't. You know, don't let this hurt you more than it should. Or, or it's more of like, it was more like, it's okay to feel bad. Yeah. It's okay. It's going to hurt. <laughs> like, it's going to feel bad. And that's, and it hurts because it was so special and yeah. so important. And remember that. And yeah, all you're hearing all of that coming from this father figure. And His, the, the, the talk also could have come off very, uh, uh, silly. You know, very uh, awkward, awkward, formulaic. Yeah. Uh, hang in there. You know, like <laughs> some of this, some of these words might hey, sound so kind of cheesy. Your buddy cheesy. took off, huh? Yeah. And no. they're they're but they're said so lovingly and from such a warm place. And so the father's just relating to him, and even says, uh, "You know, I I had the chance at something similar to what the two of you had." Right. You know, and it, you could. Tell and it's like, man, when has your dad ever revealed something that intimate about a past relationship? Do you think he was speaking about another man? Could have been, or just another love? Yeah, or enough, that's the great you know, thing is he, to remember he doesn't approach it as you know. We're talking about this because it was you and a guy, right? He was talking about as just love between two people. From the, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so by the time he says something, which could be a big, important reveal to who he is, it might, you know, it literally might just be with a person. Right. Any, any other, That wasn't anybody. really the point. Yeah. 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 He's just showing how much he's connecting with him on a, as a human, you're lucky you got to experience this. Right. And what a beautiful message. And no, and right when he was halfway through, I heard... This girl with like the biggest sniffle possible over to my right, you know? And yeah, that was the scene where those girls where they were giggling the first time the boys were flirting were now like holding each other, <laughs> like sobbing, you know? Mm. Just that level of being understood is so rare. 
being being understood and accepted. Yeah. You know, and and that's uh that's the unconditional love. Yeah. That, it's it was so like wanted by you know, everybody in attendance, have, you know? Yeah, yeah. That it's so immediately like, wow, I get that. Oh man. <laughs> and and I know this now seems uh silly to talk about after some of the heavy things we've talked about. But I also just loved every single art- article of clothing everybody was wearing. Oh, I noticed the talking head shirt. Oh, that's I was like, sweet, oh, I bet Eric to- likes that talking head the shirt. The talking head shirt. And that other one with that European character. I don't know. It just said, like, nice weekend. The weekend shirt. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... And his OP shorts. And- I noticed that weekend shirt. And I'm like, what cartoon is that? And then that's the shirt he's wearing for the big emotional talk with his dad. <laughs> yeah. It's like this cartoon t-shirt that he's got on. Yeah. That's He's funny. basically wearing like an I Hate Mondays Garfield yeah. shirt and just uh you know, I dig the uh the look of that movie. That that is how I dressed in uh you know, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Around the summer. But it's like uh, you know also, yeah, it was a great kind of eighties. They didn't hit you over the head with eighties things. No. Obviously you're in the middle of, you know, northern Italy, so uh, and nobody had like a Rubik's cube, right? <laughs> like, oh, but he man. definitely had like the 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 swatch, maybe, or the uh, yeah, you know, he had like a little swatch and watch the, and the, the cassette Walkman, and mm-hmm. all those touches were really yeah, yeah. They were just very right, just, just enough. They were just very enough. era specific and yeah. appropriate, and not uh, hey, it's the eighties, exactly. You know, very very nicely done. It was just a beautiful presentation. It's a movie that the more time I spend with it, the more I love, and I already just. I'm in love with all of it. I yeah. want to see more of it. I, exactly. Like, it makes you want to go there. Yeah. And just <laughs> be that fly on the wall to watch these people eat breakfast and read the paper and yeah. uh, go swimming. It's a very uh, sensual movie, not just for the love scenes, but just all the, the senses it provokes mm-hmm. throughout. It's It's great. I love it. This is uh, I'm I'm glad we got to talk about this. Yeah. We'll come We'll come back next episode and talk about, like, slumber party massacre oh yeah just balance this out well yeah so you don't hear us being so touchy-feely yeah we're not gonna go i know that. we're known for like our tough guy rips well if you've listened to this podcast you know that that eric's a softy for sure i do i come on do i project as softy oh yeah big yeah time. i'm squeezable <laughs> it's true but uh yeah it's true you know what movie i've been thinking about actually since watching call me by your name hmm. is uh that i want to watch again is the fan Oh yeah, we'll do a fan part two episode. Uh, <laughs> our like, our thoughts seeing fan the second. Thinking time. about kind of like Kraut Rock. Oh man, just her her with the headphones and the Walkman. She's just, so amazing. Yeah, she's good. good that's stuff. another movie. That's another movie that really captivated me as a love story, just because it's that tale of obsession. Right. right. You know, and it's this is that same obsession that it just doesn't go to that level of obsession, but all cons- all thoughts consuming love. Yeah. Is a thing that uh, I I I think of this this is gonna sound out of place, but I swear the message is true. There's that Neil Young song, uh Rockin' in the Free World. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> kind of around this era. A couple th- years I thought after. Thought maybe we were gonna go with the Beatles reference or no. something. Okay. Rockin' in the US. There's this line in there that I love, uh where he talks about a kid who will never go to school, never get to fall in love, and never get to be cool. That's what I love about that scene with his father, is how cool it was that you got to fall in love. Mm. There's people out there that aren't going to get that opportunity. That's crushing. 
And so, and they're certainly not going to be able to do it in northern Italy. Yeah, not in that scenario. Jeez, <laughs> right? Oh, with Army Hammer, with with these <laughs> with these perfectly like cracked eggs every yeah. morning. Oh, fresh and fruit. fresh apricot <laughs> juice, and oh, some more poolside paperback reading in this lush fountain. Give me a break. <laughs> Falling in love in that scenario. Get out of here with this. Get out of here. <laughs> Call me by your name. Nobody wearing shoes on these dirt roads. Well, oh. That, oh, that's like, man, I should have been a filmmaker. I know, right? Spend your summer in Italy just Can making you believe that awesome movie that everyone loves. All of Mar man, I felt I wanted man, I wanted to live Marzi's lifestyle. I'm just wearing bikini bottoms and striped crew neck sweatshirts. Yeah. Oh. Just gonna bum around this beach. This is what I want. This movie yeah. is what I want, and I hate how much I realized how much I want this thing that I'm not going to get. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. Uh, last note, did you uh, watch it all the way through to the credits and see who the film was dedicated to? Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about that. What a weird movie <laughs> twist. That was so bizarre. I did not notice that the first time. This is the greatest dedicated to in the history of cinema. Apparently, it was something... So, the film is dedicated... I don't want to know the story behind it. Oh, you don't want to know? No. Okay, there's a, there's just a story of, you know, so-and-so knew him, but the the movie is dedicated to Bill Paxton, <laughs> yeah. who, had, who, had who had probably just, just died. recently passed. Yeah, at this that time. This was 20, late 2017. 2017. Um, yeah. That one... Yeah, as you're sitting with this movie, the, the end credits have kind of this long shot that holds on Timothy Chalamet kind of crying. You get like three minutes of Timothy Chalamet crying he, over the... He kind of goes through the, the this grieving kind oh, of did crying. You, did and, you like the, the Sufjan Stevens score? I really thought it I fit it. I thought it yeah. fit it really beautifully. I liked, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I liked those songs and that kind of that piano music he had going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're watching these credits. So yeah, you're sitting through this and it's all in this very kind of European font and... Yeah. It's in this yellow text. He's in his, like, he's, uh, it's now winter time. Yeah. That's the only part of the movie we see is the right. winter time. Just a little and I like how his kind of style's thing. kind of moved. He's, like, new romantic. Totally. He's got, like, an ascot and kind of a, it's, he's definitely he moving more on. towards Cure. Yeah. You know, than from Talking Heads. Totally. He's into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we kind of end on him, so I'm watching it go through, go through. And it's, it's one of those where I, I didn't cry watching the movie, but it does just sit with you for a minute and you kind of have this cathartic kind of ah, letting the breath out and just like wow taking it in yeah and then it's dedicated to bill paxton <laughs> it's like what yeah. what <laughs> and then we'll always like, then, remember well, weird science so bizarre wait but. what <laughs> <laughs> huh so uh <laughs> yeah i loved it we're big Paxton. Oh, We're pro it. Paxton here on this pod, but I'm not expecting I to mean, see. I mean, I honestly want to know: Can I still make a movie and dedicate it to Bill Paxton, or <laughs> yeah. is that like already? What's taken? the timestamp? Yeah, on that. Would I that think be weird if there is ever a so it's come to this. I'll do it. Uh, fourteen minute short. It's definitely going to be dedicated to Bill Paxton. Exactly to the life and memory of Bill Paxton. Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anything else about... Uh... Boy, you really threw me with that Sorry. Pax memory. Talk about... God, how distracting would that have been if Bill Paxton showed up in this town? 
Like God, I'm kind of thinking if it, like Bill what if, Paxton what if, must have been that close to being in this movie. He could have been the dad. He could have been Michael Stuberg, and then Bill Paxton's God. given the like talk at the end. Like so, Michael was really special. <laughs> Michael Stuberg. If I can get back to how how criminal it is that he did not get mm. award consideration for this part. This is a beautiful story that was given so much more gravity by one man's eight-minute monologue Mm. that shouldn't have been possible. He opened up whole new layers and thoughts and feelings about this movie for me. And he had gotten Oscar consideration, I think, for A Serious Man, Mm -hmm. which is a movie I would love to do a future episode on. That's one I got to watch again. I saw that once and would love to see that again. I got a lot of Cy Abelman material. (laughs) I want it. But uh, good picture. He was great in that. Yeah. And that was, but that was like a full decade before this. He's been great in everything. I feel yeah. like every time I see him pop up in something, it's like this is a highlight of the movie. Yeah, he's sure. he is very good. Yeah, and oh man, he's just wearing these blousy linen clothes the whole movie. High waisted linen pleated slacks with a blousy rolled up to the sleeves, loose linen. Uh, guy is just. In cozy town, he's he's got a great like early eighties researcher beard. Uh-huh. Like he totally Very looks much. like like that was that beard was like what my dad's beard looked like in nineteen eighty three. My dad was not a researcher at a college or anything, but yeah, uh, yeah I was digging the, the feeling of the movie the whole... was so authentic. Yeah, and it really added to all the emotions and everything that happened. It's when we eventually do our best of the twenty tens uh, list that we are going to do. We are really going to dedicate time to it. I'm counting this as one of those hips. Yeah, this in, is one of In my of them. mind, anyways. Th- this will, this there's going to be few things from that decade that surpass this movie for me. This this one's a big one in my movie canon. There you go. Love it. So yeah, I'm a plus. Uh, I'm glad you guys uh, hopefully sat through a kind of uh, left a center pick yeah. for an episode. We'll be back with with gore and. Uh, and other stuff in yeah. the future. You know, yeah. crime stuff. Cool stuff. Paul Coslow's name get mentioned again. <laughs> he wasn't in this one. Bill Paxton was, though. Near star in, of in Call memory, Me By Your Name. In our memories. In, in our, our hearts. In our hearts. Bill Paxton. Uh, yeah. Weird Science. 1983. <laughs> Maybe the fa- people in the movie were just Game big fans over. of Weird Science. Why don't you put her in charge, Bill yeah. Paxton? <laughs> Game over. Bill Paxton. <laughs> what? Oh, it's good. Go see it if you haven't. Check it out. Charlie just saw it like today. Just rented it on the Amazon Prime. Yeah. And then uh, had never heard of this director, Luca Guadagnino. 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 Yeah. Never heard of this director. Well. Looked him up and go, oh, you know what he did after this movie? The Suspiria remake. What a one, two, one year, two so, year punch, man! That, Call me by your name and Suspiria. I I would love. I, we're gonna do another episode about Suspiria. We're gonna do Suspiria in the future, maybe not right away, but man, I can't wait to talk about the one eighty. Oh This yeah. dude pulls when he makes Suspiria. This is wild. Like I'm saying, Just from crazy. one year to the next, talk about home runs in two wildly different genres. Man, two totally different things Dude's that I nuts. am in love with. Luca, you crazy, man. Yeah. So we will do a Suspiria episode. I want to revisit it again and come into it fresh. Yeah. Because oh, I, I, I loved it the first viewing I saw. Yeah, I also just watched that again, and I, I want to watch it again. I was 
Oh, you you want to see it a second time? I was hooked. already. Yeah. Oh, it's good. I was hooked for for one of these new trends of long movies, and it is like two and a half Ooh, hours, long. if I remember right. Oh, uh, it is a it is an engrossing two and a half hours. In the same way that this movie is engrossing for it's two and a quarter. I think this yeah, one. yeah, I think um, so. The way that this movie was like, I could watch this all summer. Mm-hmm. Suspiria was like, I could watch this throughout the winter. It was the winter <laughs> equivalent. Yeah. Of this movie. Anyways, that's another episode. Yeah, we will do that episode um, probably quick. It has come to this. It came to this. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, this was. Thank you, Eric, for for. Yeah, this has been one I've been pushing this one for on my for radar a while. You know, this is not the kind of movie I would you know probably seek out. Totally. Uh, without a yeah, prompting. Yeah, I've, so, I've really. I'm glad we, yeah, I'm glad we. Did I've it. pushed this one to to the group. I'm glad uh, it's to happened. individuals heavier than most movies. Yeah, I wanted other people to experience this one, and I hope. Uh, more people experience it now. If you are into what cinema can do as far as transporting you to a time and place totally. and, and all that, you got to check it out. Gotta there you check go. Check it out. You got to check you it gotta... out. Call me by your name. Hey, check it out. Uh, Charlie says, check it out. <laughs> uh, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>